The next wave of Apple releases isn't your typical product updates. They feature Apple Silicon that will set up the features for the iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, and Mac for years to come. Here's what to expect with the future of Apple Silicon in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. When Apple introduces the iPhone 15 and new Apple Watches this fall, and maybe some new Macs after that, they'll feature new Apple chips. And ordinarily, a chip upgrade isn't much to get too excited about. But this time, the new chips could leave an impression on people who have put off uh, upgrades for several years. The chips in particular that we're talking about are the A17 and the iPhone Pro, the M3 and the Mac, and the S9 for the Apple Watch. Uh, Since the A17 and M3 are directly tied to each other, which we'll get to, and it's almost certain that we're getting new iPhones this fall, we could probably talk about the A17 first. That could be first up. It's been reported that the A17 will be Apple's first 3 nanometer chip. Is it fair to say that that is a significant uh, change in the whole chip process that uh, Apple has been using? Yeah, it's just the size of the features on the chip. It's just basically how small are all the elements on the chip, all the gates and wires and all that other stuff. And, and, Every chip manufacturer kind of has a different measurement for what is, what are they measuring when they say it's four nanometers or eight nanometers or whatever? Like how much, but eight nanometers between what and what? Like what, what size of what thing are you measuring? Cause all the things are different and they all kind of, they're all kind of a little different on that. Um, but the main, uh, takeaway is that. Apple has been using a five nanometer process for three generations of chips now and is changing to, yeah. So the 14, 15, and 16 have all been on some, you know, increasingly refined versions of the five nanometer process. The three nanometer is the next major jump from their main fabrication uh, partner, TSMC. And it's basically just you can stuff a lot more logic, cache, all the other chip parts in the same area. So you can have more stuff, more cores, more cache, more, you know, complicated designs and stuff. So that means performance goes up or uh, smaller features and stuff mean they can operate at, at lower um, voltages and stuff like that, which means that like – at the same performance level, it would draw less power. You're re- usually you're going to get somewhere in between. You're going to get a a bit better performance and a bit less power. They're, they're going to kind of split the difference somewhere. But the power use is kind of constrained by in a f- iPhone by the form factor, not really the chip. It's the, how fast they can run the chip and, and how much power it can use. This really comes down to, well, how much battery can we stick in here and how much heat can we dissipate and stuff like that. So it's probably not going to be using less power when running full out than current iPhones. It's just going to be much faster. 
it's only going to use less power at like idle and when when your phone's asleep and stuff like that. There's a million other things that use power in your phone. It's it's you know all the radios and the screen and all that other stuff. So the A14 was the first five nanometer cheap chip from Apple, and I think maybe Jason can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everybody else too. At the time, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was the first sort of consumer mass market five nanometer chip, and this will be the first consumer mass market three nanometer chip. Yeah, that was in 2020, which was a weird year. So it was actually introduced in the iPad Air first. And then a month later came the iPhone 12. It was that weird thing when because of production and, and supply issues, they delayed the iPhone event. They had the Apple Watch and the iPad Air one first. But so same chip for both of those devices. I'm just going to read what Jason wrote at the time, which matches very similar to this. So he writes... Um, uh, the uh, 5 nanometer process technology means smaller chip features and more transitions in a given amount of area. It also means it also typically means lower power consumption for a given amount of work. It allows Apple to stuff 11.8 billion transistors into the A14, about 40% more than the 8.5 billion in the A13. So, more in, in a smaller place, in, in a, in a, more stuff in a smaller space. And that's exactly what you're going to the, – the number of transistors have been trending up because they just, you know – refined processes a little bit more changing but that you're gonna that's what you're gonna see again that next big leap and what does that mean well they'll have a new cpu core design i don't think that they're gonna stuff more cores in it i think it'll still be two probably two performance cores and four efficiency cores but they'll be redesigned and there'll be more cash and there'll be a better system level cash and there'll be you know uh new gpu cores and maybe more of those and uh, a new media engine and you know they have the room to do all these things that they didn't have the budget to do before the transistor budget to do before the uh the six core cpu uh too high performance for efficiency that's been around since the a11 so i i wonder or i'm just asking you like you just said that you expect it to stay the same is that like do you think this is like the 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 ceiling so to speak for the number of cores it needs in this processor. Yeah, I mean, for for your phone, for an iPhone, yeah, that's a yeah. pretty good place to be right now with the way things are going and everything. There's yep. just there's just doesn't seem to be the way software works and is made. Uh, phone software for the most part is there's some background tasks managed by the OS and then you everything is a full screen app right? Like everything is takes over the whole screen and gets most of the attention. And it kind of fits well for that for now. I mean, in 10 years, who knows what's going to be going on, but it, that just seems to be, you're better off making your, your two cores and four cores faster than you are adding more cores at this point. Yeah. And this chip is also, so the iPhone, uh, iPad mini, the iPad air now has an M1, the iPad pro has an M1. Or M2, rather. Uh, the Apple um, Apple TV also uses it. So, yeah, none of those products like are screaming for more cores, more power. So, I think a lot of users will be like, well, I don't really need more processing power. I want more battery life. It's always the thing. And so, while we don't know how much more battery life we'll get, uh, it's been reported that the A17 should be more efficient because of this new 3 nanometer process. So we should get more 
battery life theoretically. Yeah, more more efficient at doing the same amount of work. Like what so when you run a f- your flat out benchmarks, it may not last longer. But it'll be faster. <laughs> but in everyday use, you know, you've got a certain amount of screen on time and you have all this standby time and all that other stuff and so that'll have an impact, but so many other things have an impact that you can't you can't just lay it all on the chip in a in a phone these days. You've got cellular radios and Bluetooth and the display and just how big is the battery and just a million other things. So I, I do think the iPhone 15s, I think Apple will come out there and say it's our longest lasting iPhone ever. Probably the 15, not the Pro, because even though the 15 will have the A16, it'll probably have a bigger battery or whatever just like last year like the yeah the plus 15 plus, plus will have like yeah. less performance but the biggest battery and a less energy like the screen is less of an energy hog uh, who knows like but i think they're all take a step up from this year's equivalent yeah, and it should be noted that the iphone 15 in the 15 plus will have the a16 that's currently in the pro so they won't have the better the benefit of the three nanometer process or any of the stuff that we're talking about they'll have the right. older chip yeah apple seems to be on that that the new their new cadence of like the new chip is just for the pros and then it steps down to the regular ones next year yeah i mean i'm, I'm somewhat of a novice with this stuff i ask jason questions constantly but it seems to me that the three nanometer process in its in and of itself, if you slapped a three nanometer chip, the, the A17 in the current Pro, there would be very little, if any, noticeable difference. But it allows Apple to do a lot more within the phone to increase, you know, performance, battery life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You mean like if you made an A, if you took an A16 and you just made it on the three nanometer process, but it's still the A16 design? Is that what you're asking? Or that. Well, like if you would, yeah, either, either, either question. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's use that one. That's, that's more yeah. Apple stuff. So if you did yeah. that, if you took an A16 and you just made it with the three nanometer process, first of all, it would be a physically smaller chip, which means you'd, you'd get more of them out of a wafer, right? You know, put more of them on a wafer, assuming they don't, a lot of them don't have flaws and have to be thrown out. Then that could make them cheaper, but then TSMC charges a lot more for the wafers. So who knows? But that's one thing. And then it would be way more energy efficient, like just the same design, not any, not any bigger, just a better, lower manufacturing process. Like it, you'd be, you'd, you'd use way less power, but Apple's not interested in just keeping the exact same design, but using less power. They want to provide more features. So they make a bigger chip. They make a chip with way more stuff in it. Um, and it's going to use the same power. So if you took an, for example, if you took an A17 and you slapped it into an iPhone 14 Pro or whatever, yeah, it would have all the performance that the new, the new phone's gonna, like, <laughs> it's gonna, it would, it would have all that, all that stuff. I mean, it doesn't have the new camera sensors or whatever, but it's, you know. I guess my question is, so if you popped a new chip into an old phone, didn't change anything else? Mm-hmm. You mean an iPhone SE? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what would there be a noticeable increase in, like, say, battery life? Would you get two extra hours of battery? Or yeah, absolutely. Like, like compare compare okay. the modern iPhone SE to an iPhone 8. 
Yeah. Because that's okay. exactly what that is. They take right. they take an A15 and slap yeah. it in a, an iPhone 8 shell. And it's yep. definitely more battery life than the iPhone 8 was, you know. But even though it's got all the same space inside and the, for room for battery and stuff, like it's mm-hmm. it is getting better, you know. Okay. But we just don't know that, like, whatever power savings the processor gives them, we don't know if that's going to get taken back away by having a brighter screen or something, right? We we just don't know. Do we know if the A17 has any other enhancements, like, for instance, um, are there any changes, like, to the media encoders or anything like that? We rarely know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Those things, and and even at the announcement, yeah. Apple often doesn't say unless that that's usually stuff that they talk about in the M series because that's where people right. like run Final Cut and stuff. But it's an important part of the iPhones because it controls how you it's it's all your video shooting and editing and everything else. So right. I would expect there to be there. There always is. There's always something. Um. I'm hoping that it supports AV1, which is a new um, video compression standard. It's the sort of successor to HEVC. It's the, you know, we had MP4 and then HEVC, and the next step is AV1. A lot, Apple and a lot of other companies, Adobe, Microsoft, Google, everybody else, they're, they're all in on the, on the group. That makes the standard. There's, they're using it on YouTube for some videos already. There are already some chips that support it from other companies. Uh, chips that there are PC graphics cards that support AB1 decoding and encoding. And Apple hasn't done it yet, so it would be good if they did that. The main benefit you'd get from that is basically. What we you would expect is that your all those 4K videos that you shoot on your iPhone would just take up less space. There's probably some minor quality differences, but honestly, the the quality of that video comes so much down to video processing, like all all that all that AI you know machine learning video processing they do to make your photos and videos look great. That's got more to do with. That and your camera sensors and everything else. That's what the quality comes from. It would also mean streaming video on places like YouTube, they'd be able to send you the AV1 version of those video files and you could get higher quality with less bandwidth, you know. You mentioned like these media codecs, these media encoders would be more something that Apple would promote on the Mac side, which is a good segue to... The M series chips, which is directly related to the A17. Is it fair to say, Jason, that the upcoming M3 is basically an A17? Honestly, probably not. And, and I wonder what it is because the M, the M1s, the, the CPU and GPU core designs for the M1 were based on the A14. The, M2s are based on the A15. The if if they keep doing things the way they have been, the A the M3's core designs, the the actual the architecture of the cores and stuff would be based off the A16's 
CPU and GPU and neural engine and stuff. Um, and, and if they are coming out this year, I wonder if they're even going to be like an A6, like a, a blown up A16, but on three nanometers. Are they even going to be three nanometers? Because production on three nanometers is new. Apple needs every single wafer they can get probably for iPhones. So if they were coming out, if the N3 wasn't coming out till next year, I'd be like, oh, for sure it's three nanometer. But if it's cut, if, if they are coming out in a, like October, the first three nanometer, the first M3 products, I'm, I wonder if there's enough three nanometer production to do that or if it's going to be that thing that Apple called four nanometer, that five nanometer process, that enhanced five nanometer process. Um, it, it makes sense that it would be that instead. Because that's what the A16 was made on, and and you you have to do a lot of work to take an architecture. You can't just like, well, make it with the new process. You have to do a lot of work to make that happen, which Apple can do absolutely. So, well, that's kind of a big deal because the rumors and reports have said that the M3 is going to be a three nanometer chip. Yeah, that's been pretty consistent, but then, um. But it's also if it comes out this close to the iPhone, I I don't know if pr- the production is there. I don't know if TFC OC has enough production, or maybe they're not worried about it because maybe it's just the one model that doesn't sell that many. It's just going to be they're not going to do all the iPads and all that other stuff. It's just going to be in an iPad. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just going to be in a MacBook Air, and they only sell enough MacBook Airs a quarter that they can they can do that, you know. So, so we'll see. Uh, I, that's the, the M3 is the one I'm the most curious about because it would be great if they kind of got on the same cadence, the same design thing where when the latest A series pro- processor comes out, the latest M series processor comes out and it's the same architecture and it's on the same manufacturing process and everything else is the same about it, except that it's scaled up for like a laptop. Um, that'd be good, but they're, they're kind of one behind right now. The, the architecture is one behind right now. So you, you would think that would be the goal. And like, this is a perfect chance to kind of like reset all of it and say, all right, we're all three nanometers. We're all in the same process architecture. And, you know, uh, German court. Yeah. Uh, German reported previously that Apple's plan for the back is to get everything on an annual cadence, I presume with the iPad as well. So again, this is a chance to do that. Like the, there's been a lot of supply issues and production issues, and that has kind of messed with some of that. But it, it would make sense to say, all right, here's the A17. A month and a half later, here's the M3, and it's you know better, different, but it's similar. And next year, here's the iPad Air, here's the Mac uh, iPad Pro, and here's the M3. And you know, it just makes sense to kind of homogenize everything and we've seen in the past some stuff where things like like the m1 had a, the media engine from the a14 or whatever but then the m1 like the pro when they later when they introduced the pros and stuff they got a different media engine they had still the same cpu and gpu core designs more just more cores but like they changed the media engine in mid-cycle and stuff like that so some of it's kind of mix and matchy. We, we've also seen them change the memory uh, interface to support 
you know, LPDDR5 versus LPDDR4. It's a, you know, so we, you never know exactly what you're going to get with the M series processors. And it, I'm very curious what an M3 is going to be. I'll be super disappointed if it's just like pretty much all the same features as the M2, just plus 15% speed. You know, that's that that would be a, a perfectly okay chip, but kind of boring. Um, I really hope to see the GPU have ray tracing acceleration and some other nice new features. You know, um, I really want them to lean really hard into their uh, the what they call the neural engine, their machine learning acceleration chip and stuff, you know. There's a lot, sure is a lot going on with consumer AI these days. Um, and Apple does a lot with it within their operating system, but there's going to be a lot more. And if I was buying a chip and I wanted it to be future proof, I would want it to have a serious AI acceleration, you know? It's already kind of a step ahead with the uh, neural engine. It doesn't really do a ton, at least that we're aware of. But yeah, it, it, it does a powerful. lot of background stuff. It is stuff. there. Yeah. Right, right. Like literally every photo you take, it does a gajillion things that you, you don't know. It's just making my photo, it's segmenting out and doing the contrast for each piece separately and sharpening and all the, you know, it's doing all this stuff. It does what? 20 trillion or 5 trillion operations a second or some craziness like that. Like it's some, some absurd. <laughs> I think number. they're up to 17.8 or something. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's, a, trillion, it's, a, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, Trillions of operations per second is one of those things where it's like, it's not the best way to measure AI performance because but there's a lot of cool. stuff. Yeah. What are you going to do? You need, you need to give people a number that's like easy to understand. Right. And, and goes up. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, they do, it's, they do a lot with it. You know, uh, all, everything about Siri, like, understanding your voice, all that stuff that runs on, like on your phone, it's all using that chip heavily. And it's pretty advanced compared to competitors as far as that neural engine. Like they're definitely ahead of the game there. They're just seemingly behind in the mainstream public facing stuff, but, but they're not like, it's already to be implemented once they're happy with whatever they're going to come out with and do. Yeah. Yeah. So much of what goes on with, competitors in ai is really done in the cloud mm -hmm. right you're not you're, you're not doing that offline it's not happening on your phone and then some of the google stuff like it gets a year or two later they get a version of it that runs on your phone so like first it runs in the cloud and then it runs on your phone mm -hmm. um and and apple's pretty serious about making sure everything runs on your phone but yeah you get a lot of good stuff you get like like the hey, the way you can select text in any photo you take, like it recognizes text, it selects it, yeah. does optical character recognition basically of almost any font. You can just select it and copy it and paste it in yeah. as text in somewhere. Like that's all that neural engine, and it's like that and stuff it, is like you don't even realize it. Like so, a couple, the other day I got an email from uh, I coach my son's little league team and. Like I needed to get a bunch of information out of here. I was like, I, and I just kind of forgot that I had that feature. And I remember I, it's so simple. You press hold and just like, oh my God, this is so easy. Yeah. Like you don't even realize like what the phone is doing to make this stuff so seamless. 
but there's still a ton it could do. More than once I've had one of those things where like you have to there's like a long code on like a gift card or something that you have to type in online. Yes. And I'm just yes. like, well, let me just take out my phone and I'm going to open the camera. I'm not even going to take a picture. I'm just going to look at the, have it open in the camera and just like select that text and yep. paste it. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. It's like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, yeah. It's pretty sweet. As far as the, um, the Mac goes like next year or maybe later this year, depending on when they come out with the M3, there, there aren't a ton of hardware rumors. I don't know if there are any. Like what we have oh, now besides the chip, is probably yeah. what we're going to have. So I think a lot of the yeah. emphasis will be on what this chip does beyond just, like you said, 15 to 20% speed boosts. Yeah. So the uh, M3 is going to be pretty pivotal to the future or at least the immediate future of, 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 the, of the Mac, of all of them. Yeah. I, I read some rumor recently about like, oh, are we finally going to, you know, because there was some filing with something, a patent or something like that, a trademark, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, wondering if we we're going to finally get our cellular Mac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, that, was cellular. A, that was a patent. Yep. And this yep. is like the 10th time this has happened. We all want it. We certainly, uh, you can get uh, PCs with cellular connectivity, like laptops all the time. It would be extremely yep. helpful. You can, it's in iPads with M chips. Mm -hmm. Like I, I honestly don't know what the hangup is. I, I can't imagine, but just that would be just if it was just like the iPad, just an option. I could buy the Wi-Fi version, or I could buy the Wi-Fi and cellular version, and I'm done. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot They'll of people would choose that. Two hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars more. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Like it, I, and and you, I ten bucks I, I a month for your AT and eSIM or you know, whatever Verizon. Your you, it's it's all an eSIM, and you just sign up for it, and you pay your ten dollars a month for your data only plan. A lot yeah, of people would get it. I think it would be more popular than an than an iPad. In in in, in my mind, that's yeah. more something that people would use more than uh, certainly the the cheaper iPads. Maybe the Pros are a little bit different. I don't know, but mm -hmm. it seems to me that if you're going out, you take your iPhone, you take your Mac. Those are the things you want cellular to. I wonder how many people just you know use that tethering because yeah, they need a lot to be connected <laughs> when when they're out. Yeah. So Mark German reported that we could see the M3 in a, in a MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and maybe even the iMac, which has gone on for over two years now. Yeah, it's still got the M1. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. basic, the, the, the new 24-inch iMac that is no longer new. Uh, so we could see another chip, the... I think we're calling it the S9 in the Apple yeah. Watch. I mean, we're just basically following the nomenclature of past chips. So it, would, it would seem to reason that they would call it the S9 because they're using the S8 now. Yeah, every year it gets a new S something. And it's that's something that Apple calls a system in package, which is, I guess, it's that's sort of, they're kind of the only ones who use that term. I it's something more than a system on chip, I guess. There's more parts integrated into a package. I guess it just all means it's more tightly integrated into a smaller area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meaning the not just the CPU and GPU and memory, but like your wireless transmitter radios and all that other kind of stuff. Everything but the everything but the antennas <laughs> are all in its little package. And I think what people want out of the Apple Watch, because is 
more battery life. Nobody's saying that the Apple Watch is too slow. Not anymore. Oh. Not, not anymore. Not for some years. Yeah. Yeah. The first the first one was for the dog. <laughs> you know, after that, we finally got some decently uh, performance. Um, and we haven't heard how much of a boost we'll get. With the S6, Apple uh, changed the S6 to – it had um, – a dual core CPU, but the the cores were the essentially the same as the A13's efficiency cores, which they called Thunder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the little cores on the A13. It basically had two of those, and then you know the the memory and a I don't know how many GPU cores. Nobody knows, whatever. But the S7 and S8 were essentially basically the same thing. Not basically. It's for, for all intents and purposes, it's the same chip with the new number. Yeah, they've changed other things that go within that package, like the accelerometers and stuff, uh-huh, but yeah. not the main CPU and GPU and you know stuff like that. Those have been the same. So the and it's so that those are based on the A13. The S9 is supposedly going to be based on the A15. It's little cores, so that would be a pretty significant jump, probably. 50%-ish or so. Um, I don't know. Nobody seems to really know what manufacturing processes use to make these ch- chips. This, but if it goes off of what their design is from, then the S6, 7, and 8 would have been a 7 nanometer processor, and the S9 would be a 5 nanometer processor. So possibly some good power savings, especially at idle, You know, especially when your watch is just kind of sitting there and it's always on display face, not doing anything. Um, but just like everything else, uh, so many parts factor into the power use. Uh, what are the sensor? How much power do the sensors use? The wireless radios, the display, the you know, everything else. We've said this a million times before. They seem to. It's like your Apple Watch gets like this much battery life. What what do they say? Twenty hours or something? It's eighteen. 18. It's 18. been eighteen since, since day since day 18. one. It's been eighteen. Yeah, yeah. it's been eighteen. So so it wouldn't surprise me if no matter how much battery life you actually get, Apple will say <laughs> you get eighteen <laughs> eighteen hours, and then people would get them and go like, "Wow, my watch is lasting a really long time," or it's not yeah. lasting or whatever. But the specs are going to say eighteen hours. <laughs> They they underpromise and overdeliver when it comes to battery life on basically all of their products. You see, you see a lot of kind of really optimistic and rosy battery life numbers from a lot of manufacturers, and and Apple seems to be pretty fairly spot on. I mean, yeah. you can yeah. you can definitely make it get worse if you try real hard, yeah. but for the most part, it's they, their products really do deliver right at just about what they say. Or better, if you are willing to like lower your screen brightness just a touch. <laughs> Seriously, if you want better battery life, just lower your screen brightness a little bit. It's, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, I can't even tell you how many times like someone will say to me, like, "How come I can't get any? Like, how come my phone dies at seven o'clock?" And I look, and I'll, I'll like have to turn, like, put it away from my face. It's so bright, like. 
Yeah, like you can go down to like twenty percent, and it's still plenty. Like, or even just crank just go from full to totally fifty. Like, you'll still see everything. It'll be fine. Anyway, uh, who knows what is what you'll actually get? But my guess is they'll say eighteen hours. Yeah. <laughs> that does it for this episode of the MacWorld Podcast, episode eight hundred fifty-one. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Mackle Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. I frozen for a second there because I didn't because I called it Twitter still. I don't know if we should call it X. X. <laughs> it's that's what it, it is. It's it's still Twitter.com, I believe. I mean, that's what people still know it as. So. Uh, yeah, I know. It's still it's, it's still Twitter.com. <laughs>